Welcome to the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. On this podcast, let's step aside from our busy lives to have fun, fascinating, life-giving conversation with inspiring authors, pastors, sports personalities, and other influencers, leaders, and followers. Sit back, grab some coffee, or head down the road, and let's get the good and gold from today's guest. Here's Jeff Pinkleton, Executive Director of the Gathering of the Miami Valley, where their mission is to connect men to men and men to God. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us today on another edition of the Pinkleton Pull Aside Podcast, where we like to talk all things life, leadership, lessons therein. And we tend to do that in the world of sports, of comedy, of music, of books, authors, pastors, leaders, and the like. And today, I'm blessed that a previous guest and a friend, Jason Romano, from Sports Spectrum, previously ESPN, helped make the connection with Jade McCarthy, who has recently moved and is experiencing new life, uh, new motherhood, new uh, joys and victories of being a wife. And we need to pray for her today. She said she needs new childcare. So pray for Jade McCarthy, formerly of ESPN. She's doing many things now, has a great podcast on the Sports Spectrum Network tied into Jason and company called Transformed. She's had many great takes on her. I particularly love the ones with Brian Dawkins and Jeff Saturday. And uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us, Jade. Oh, great to be here, Jeff. It's a blessing to share this time in this space with you. And I look forward to an encouraging conversation for the two of us. And I hope it stretches to be, encourage others as well. I thought about saying this before we got started, but I thought maybe I'll say this for once we, we start going live here. But Bill McCartney said years ago, the former Colorado football coach, founder of Promise Keepers said, you can tell a man's glory by the countenance of his wife's face. And one of the things that really radiates from you about your countenance when I've seen you in podcasts and other other outlets is the motherhood part of you. You just naturally seem like a mom. You don't look like someone who's trying to perform. You seem really comfortable in your own skin. Is all that true? Most of the time. I mean, <laughs> my children like to test it, right? No. <laughs> I mean, that's the reality of that. Children one. Don't There's do nothing that. like children to teach us patience, Jeff. But I would say that, yeah, I feel like a long, long time ago, somebody gave me the advice, um, Ed Harding, who is a longtime television anchor in the Boston market, which is where I grew up. And he said to me oh, more years ago than I even can remember, the best people on TV are the same on and off. Um, and I think that's true of, of every platform and every walk of life, quite honestly, mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter what you do in terms of your, your job, your career. I think if you are true to who you are as a person in that, in that job, in that space, um, people just gravitate towards you. They, they know you better because you're yourself instead of putting on this mask that I think quite honestly, in this world, we all put on too often because, you know, maybe we don't want to be vulnerable or maybe we feel like that is going to be too hard for somebody to take or they won't like who we are or all those different things that those masks kind of cover up. Um, and gosh, like, why, why does any one of us really want that? Mm. 
I'm thinking as you're speaking, I'm re- reminded of Jason Romano, who we talked about earlier, his book, The Uniform of Leadership, which I think is mm-hmm. a great book. Love that book. I love his stories um, about various people he met over the years at ESPN from the, I always blank on her name, the woman in the cafeteria to Hulk Hogan to Drew Brees. The list goes on and on. And I was thinking about when I've seen you on those podcasts, and I think about the one too with Freddie Coleman. I could tell when those folks talked about you, you know, obviously you guys are on a huge campus dealing with lots of people on ESPN. So there's probably a lot of come and go moving really fast or whatever, but it was not fluff. They really respected you like on a high Mm -hmm. level. You know, I know Jason said when I talked to him, this was several, several weeks ago now, and just said, Hey, anybody on your radar that I should try to get on here that you think would be good? He's like, done. Jade McCarthy. She'll do it. I'm like, okay, thanks for committing her. But uh, you just seem really respected. Did you did you feel that in your time at ESPN? How much I'm guessing you were you were back then, and they look back and see it now. The regard in which you were held at. I don't know. I don't know if we we ever really see that. My parents just raised me to be really humble, Jeff, and and I'm grateful that they did. You know, I I think about that quote. You know, the, the I have two lasting bequests for my children. One is roots, and the other is wings. Um, mm. And you know, that's something that I certainly think about a lot as a mom with my kids, but I think it's something that my parents really instilled in me, you know, it was go after whatever you want and dream big and, you know, chase it, but always remember that you're a person just like everybody else. And we're all the same, you know, we all sin, we all have our challenges, we all are on a journey through this life. And so, I feel like humility is just a big part of who I am. So I don't know if I ever walked around feeling like, yeah, you know, I have a ton of respect for Jade, you know, but I think I've always carried myself in a way that one, I'm comfortable with, with who I am. And, you know, two, I think it's important how we treat people. And, you know, Freddie, Freddie Coleman and I told the story on Transformed, but I first introduced him because we legitimately always used to meet in this same breezeway mm-hmm. on the ESPN campus. And I just always loved seeing him, right? He always had this big smile and we would just have this exchange. And it was great to have him on my podcast to dive in more and have like more in-depth conversations. But I just think that that's really telling of when we're willing to give of ourselves in a, in a certain space and time. And and be real with with who we are to people that most people are going to be welcoming and most mm. people are going to appreciate that. That's so good. That's neat. You know, it's funny as you talk about humility. I just heard a podcast talking about Richard Foster has a new, he's known for the book Celebration of Discipline, which was wildly successful and has lasted, you know, a long time and had a big impact. But he's got a book coming out called Learning Humility, A Year of Searching for a Vanishing virtue and I can't wait to get it. But is that is that a topic? I'm curious. Like, do you feel like you've kind of got like God's just done a great work and you've kind of naturally got it? Or do you work and grow in reading or doing things that will keep you having a humble posture? Gosh, you know, I think it's just been instilled in me for so long, to be honest with you, Jeff. I think there are other things that I focus on and in, in ways that I need to to try to grow and certainly prayerful in, in those efforts, but I don't know. I mean, and it's funny because my husband's the same way, you know, Gordy's extremely humble as well. And I feel like sometimes people look at us and they're like, like, come on guys. Like, can you like pick it up a little bit? Like, 
feel, you know, and, and it's just, it's just who we are. It's mm. sort of like the, the fabric of both of our personalities. Sure. So I got to ask, so when your, your husband is named Gordy, you're in the Boston area. I mean, Gordy, you're, people are going to think Gordy Howe right away. I mean, is that a yes. hockey family kind of name? And they like, I mean, or is he just Gordon and got it some other way? And and he goes by Gordy. Yeah, he just goes by Gordy. Um, he is a Gordon, but, and everybody wants to spell it I-E and he uses a Y. Um, but yeah, I don't know. His his parents like the name and it, it's kind of fun for us because there's not a lot of Gordies out there. There's not a lot of Jades out there. Oh. So that that tends to be to be memorable. It was it was probably when we had our kids, we were like, OK, we need we need names that aren't heard every day yeah. because neither one of us has one of those, uh, but not like really strange, bizarre names either. So that was like the test that we felt like we were yeah. up against when we were having kids. You know, it's so funny about <laughs> you saying that we have a family we're friends with and all their kids have these like crazy, outrageous names. And, I'm, and you know, you're sometimes I'll hear them and I'm like, wow, they came, that was the, wow, that was okay. That's interesting. But, um, okay. Well, I guess all the Detroit Red Wings fans are bummed out that he's not named after Gordy Howe, but, uh, let me ask you a question. It's funny. I'm going way off script. I'm not sticking to anything I sent you ahead of time, but I'm picturing it's you. It's all good. It's all good. I'm picturing you a lot as a family woman right now. And if you were with several of your best female friends, what would they say about Jade McCarthy as a wife? Mm, definitely committed and I think that probably my my best girlfriends, let's see, I mean, you kind of have different fr friends from different walks of life, right? Sure. So if I think about the girlfriends that I've spent most time with in the past few years who know Gordy and I as, as a couple in the season that we're in would say that we have definitely been in a season of change. We've moved recently sure. and uh, he started a new job and I'm sort of in the midst of a lot of different ventures from a career perspective post ESPN. So they would certainly say that that has been something that we have been growing through and that that has really shown our commitment to each other, to support each other through those changes and those journeys that we're both on. And I think that they would also just talk about the fact that one, like, I think we just both recognize how blessed we are to have mm -hmm. each other and our kids. And, and I think that we're just really grateful for that. And, and that goes so far, right? Like just that posture of gratitude and, and sharing it with one another, because sometimes you can feel it. And Gordy's really good about it. And sometimes I have to remind myself, mm. you know, okay, it's great that I can think it, but I need to make sure that I say it or show it in ways that he hears it the same way that I feel it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So my, my day job where I connect men to men and men to God into gathering, which is a men's ministry. It's been around for almost 15 years. We have 23 small groups that meet in our kind of immediate area of guys totaling about 250 men or so. And one of the things we've done in our groups in seasons is we meet typically every two weeks and we'll text each other every day for two weeks and say, either tell us something you're grateful for or who is someone you went out of your way to encourage today. And during those stretches where we do that, it is amazing how much guys get geeked out like about, okay, what are you grateful for? And quick to want to say it. And they might throw in three things just to go the extra mile or they, you know, can't wait to tell you. And then the guys that don't do it, there's kind of some peer pressure. Like, Hey, what's going on? What do you, how come you're not grateful? <laughs> or how come you're not encouraging anybody? Or 
I bet you have a lot of healthy rhythms and not just in your family, but with your relationships where I could see those things kind of spawning off from you and Gordy's relationships. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think it's something that we both do. I have to be intentional about it to be totally candid. That's just something that I have found over the course of my life that I need to be intentional about it. He just does it naturally. Um, it's just something that's in him. And that has been good for me, right? Like that's encouragement for me, kind of like in your group, like the encouragement comes to the guys, like that little like peer pressure, like, come on, who are you encouraging? What do you, you know, mm -hmm. it's the same kind of thing I feel like for us. So I just think that that, that posture gets us so far, you know, I like, I think about Brian Dawkins, who you mentioned before, you know, when he was on talking about, you know, just, just first thing in the morning, like, you know, praising God and, and having that gratitude that the morning is here and the day is here and you are part of it. Um, and, you know, I think about John Gordon, who was on Transformed with me, you know, speaker, author, and give me any book he's pretty much ever written because they're all terrific. But, you know, he said to me as well, his life really changed when he started going on gratitude walks in the morning. And, just having that posture about yourself and doing it in an intentional way that lets God in all of a sudden it, it, it is staggering sometimes how much can come to you when you carve out that space and that time to be grateful, not just for what you have, but the ways in which you can encourage others. Mm -hmm. I think that is really the key to it. It's not about like, Oh, I'm just grateful for the blue sky above me. And the blessings that I have in my life. Cause that's great. And you should be grateful for all those things, of course, but it's like, what are the ways in which I can help other people and encourage other people to see that gratefulness in their own life? Yeah. Now you left out an important part about the Brian Dawkins thing. He said he has a reminder that every yes. hour and I, I, now I want to ask him, I wish you would ask him this. One of the things I would have asked him is say, come on, Brian. Now, do you set your alarm at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. and you're doing it then? Or is this waking hours? And I think I, it's waking hours. I think it's waking hours. I have told that part of your podcast. I don't know how many times I've shared that. I think I heard it. I was going to pick up beef. We had it. We were part of a beef thing with some families several weeks ago. And I listened to it driving to pick up. The, the meat we were getting. And I was like, no way. Every hour. Wow. That was, yeah. and see, I love, that's what I love about podcasts. I can tell you probably appreciate that too. I love when someone shares a little hack or a tip or something they do that's easily transferable if you do it. Now, have I set that alarm on my phone yet? No, but there are apps <laughs> out there that will provide that. So uh, I need to get the pause app restarted and, and do something with that. So Jay, tell us your uh, three-minute testimony. Like, how did you come to Christ? What was he doing Holy Spirit-wise to draw you in? Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I mean, I was raised Catholic. So Jesus has always been part of my life. I was very involved in the church growing up and reading at church on Sundays, you know, once I was old enough and all that kind of stuff. So it was always a part of my life. But I would say that... I wasn't as close with Jesus the way I am now, because I feel like growing up in a Catholic church, it felt a little bit like further removed. You're not reading the gospel the same way as mm. I do now, all that kind of stuff. So for me, when Gordy and I got married, we always knew that we wanted church to be part of our lives and part of our families. And you know, you have to be intentional about it because the world gets busy. And, you know, I, I got a job at ESPN and I found myself at work on most Saturdays and Sundays in the morning. And so we would go to church, but not with the consistency that we wanted to. And when I lost my job at ESPN, which was a, a really difficult time, I was seven and a half months pregnant with our third child. 
and I was really thrown for a loop and we really didn't know much other than Sunday morning, we're going to church. Mm. And that was the, the one answer that we felt like we both really had. And I was fortunate that God really brought a lot of strong, faithful moms into my life. I did a Bible study with them for a couple of years and a couple of pastors who have just been tremendous in terms of their friendship and, you know, just wanting to encourage me. And mm. of course, everything, you know, with, with Jason Romano, as we've talked about, came up as well, you know, once I was sort of open about my faith, which was a year after I lost my job, when I wrote a blog post, just talking about how I really felt like as hard as it was to lose this dream job, you know, at a difficult time in life, you know, when you're pregnant and we had moved to Connecticut for that job and all that kind of stuff. But I felt like God really brought me through a lot of that because there was more work that he wanted me to do. And when I shared that, Jason reached out to me and said, hey, will you come on my podcast? Which I did. And, you know, and then obviously, you know, God continued to do his work. And now I have a podcast on the Sports Spectrum family of podcasts on that network. So that's, you know, part of part of what I do now. And it's just it's really been on my heart to continue to to just share Jesus with people so that when they go through their own challenges, whatever they may be, everybody's look different, but so much of them are ways in which we can get close to God. And sometimes that's where God needs to put us so that we can really recognize that we need him and we can do hard things through him. So let me ask you, as you're speaking era, and, and this is what I'm grateful for about video. I could, I can see you as you're speaking on this and you talk about losing your job at ESPN my guy in my neck of the woods in Ashland, Ohio, does some great stuff through Ashland Theological Seminary podcast, books. Terry Wardle has a healing center, really does some great ministry looking at healing. And he, he says that whether it's the loss of a pen or a relationship, we need to really grieve. Mm-hmm. Have you fully grieved? I mean, I can see it as you talk. Like that was a big loss for you at ESPN. As you it said, was ter- hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was definitely hard. Um, and I think like, I still have moments where it's hard for me because I, I love the work and I think that's probably the greatest challenge, but I have also found blessing in it. I mean, one, obviously like my relationship with Jesus is very different than it was. And I am eternally grateful for that. And it's, you know, it's really been, it was, it was a process for, for our family. And I think we're still sort of navigating through some of that, to be honest, Jeff. I mean, I think we're still kind of figuring it out. You know, I have the podcast that I do with Sports Spectrum. I do radio for Sirius XM. I'm involved with a group called the 33rd Team, which is NFL centric. And so I, I love all of that, but I'm trying to figure out all the pieces on that side of thing. And it's just like, how does it all fit together? But I think what's different now is that I'm in a place where I can just go, okay, like, I know that the doors that are meant to be opened are going to be opened as long as I keep seeking and talking and being a part of all of that. And the doors that aren't meant to be open won't be opened. And there's a reason for that. And I don't have to understand why I can just trust that that's God's plan. Yeah. If I remember correctly from what I've seen on Twitter, part of what you're kind of opening the door to is to get opportunities to speak. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of it is 
because I have had these conversations with so many people and, you know, in terms of leadership and in terms of identity, I know you mentioned that before, right? Like trusting where our identity is and who it is in and whose we are a child of instead of getting lost in the identity of this world. And I think that there are so many messages there that, that I can share from an identity perspective, from a leadership perspective that I, I do want to kind of get into that speaking world and, and start to, to share those messages. And so I've started to dabble in it and lean into it a little bit. And again, it's, it's a bit of a trust thing, right? Like that when the time is right, it will really start to take off. Well, what's interesting is you were talking and really kind of sharing that once I did the follow-up questionnaire, I was kind of sitting here trying to do a little business with God and say, okay, is it writing? Is it speaking? I'm just like, I mean, just because there, there's such breadth and depth to, to you, persona, countenance, your face as you speak, kind of where you, the joy just kind of comes out. I mean, I would say it's a little bit of a negative about writing is that won't come out quite as well. And I know Jason's done some speaking and he came to our area and spoke at an event with FCA. And I'm just thinking, I, with the many different places you can go speaking, wife, mom, friend, you know, your testimony, Catholic church, a lot of places where I think you could really knock it out of the park. And, you know, I, I want to commit to that to you to really pray about God opening the right doors. Cause I could see that being fairly explosive on the speaking end of that. Well, I thank you. I, I appreciate the honesty and the feedback of that, Jeff. I mean, I, it's, it's something that has been on my heart and I, I love some of the writing that I've gotten to do. I, I do a column in our Sports Spectrum magazine every quarter, which is terrific. I love to write and it's part of what drew me into television originally. You know, people kind of always go, well, TV isn't writing. And I'm like, well, yeah, actually it mm-hmm. is. Like <laughs> there's is. a lot of writing in it. You just don't necessarily realize it. But I, I love that aspect of it. But there is nothing like that spoken word, I mm-hmm. feel like, when you can get in front of people and and share a message with them and feel like you reach them in a way. And, and for me, a lot of it is the same thing that I really try to do with Transformed, my podcast, is that I really try to have that like practical information mm-hmm. that people can, can go, oh yeah, I could set an alarm on my phone and every hour remember that I should be grateful and I should pray like Brian Dawkins talked about. And I feel like in speaking, it's weaving it in with a story, right? Because that's the stuff that stays with people. And, you know, three months, six months, a year, five years later, they go, oh, I remember that story. And I remember how she got through that or how she shared, you know, the leadership piece that she learned from Jeff Saturday or whatever the case may be. And, and all of a sudden they go, Oh, that could really help me with this space that I'm in now. And that's something that is really on my heart to be able to, to share those moments that really resonate with people when all of a sudden they're in a space that they need it. Well, I think for most people at some point when you're speaking, whether it's a conversation or giving a speech or whatever, there's a sense at some point, maybe that your heart gets left out and you're just speaking very, black and white, no heart. And and your heart just goes with you every, I mean, every time I hear you speak, it's like your heart is way out in front and you're passionate about what you're saying. And, you know, there's real meat and potatoes that has energy and passion behind it. So tell me this, what was a moment, whether it was a particular sport or sports in general, and I'm going to guess you were young and growing up when you're just like, aha, I love sports. 
<laughs> so I have loved sports really as long as I can remember. My great aunt, who I spent most Saturdays with as a kid and other days beyond that, was a huge baseball fan. And she, uh, I- I've told this story, but I, I can't tell it enough because I just remember her face all the time when I tell it. And she and I were very close. But she begrudgingly became a Red Sox fan when the Boston Braves left town. And she'll sort of tell you that with a twinkle in her eye. But we used to listen to Red Sox games on the radio a lot. I mean, that was really the medium in which I grew up listening to baseball. And, you know, I remember going to my first Sox game with her and, you know, we took the tee to Fenway, like kind of all of that. And we would go to a game every year and I just developed this love for, for baseball and it really just kind of grew from there. My parents, you know, big sports fans, my dad and I always watched football together. We watched hockey together, hoops, just kind of all of it. I mean, he always had on golf. So we watched that. My dad loved the strategy of NASCAR, which Mm. you don't hear a whole lot of in new England. Certainly not when I was a kid. And I remember the night there was a Monday night football game and my parents and I were watching it together and Melissa Stark was on the sidelines. And I don't remember if it was my mom or my dad, but one of them was like, I think Jade would be good at that. Mm. And it just kind of always stayed with me. And I just, I, I chased it. You know, I had a, I had a professor in college and I was interested in journalism and she wrote for a paper for a lot of years. And she was like, I think you should look broadcast as opposed to print newspapers aren't in the greatest of spaces. And yeah. So I just, like I said, I, I loved it from go and, <laughs> and I just chased it. I love all the touch points you had there of people of moments of vividly drawn out, uh, you know, the Melissa Stark thing, who's been now back on NBC doing sideline yep. reporting. And <laughs> I mean, you just had so many touch points and just the way your face would even light up as you talked about it. It's just fun to know how that kind of develops. So we've alluded to some of these folks you've dealt with at ESPN and I'm, I'm kind of blown away just in the ESPN space, the number of godly people who've worked there. I think one of the first guests I ever had on here was Dave Posh and he he's great. And, you know, calling college football and having to put up with uh, Bill Walton calling college basketball. That guy's got a lot of prayers going out for him just doing basketball games with Bill Walton. But put together <laughs> put together for me, compile some qualities and traits of some of the guys you've interacted with and build me a great man. Gosh, you know, I would say, Jeff, I think so many of them have a way of going about life in that they are unhurried and they are open to what's happening around them, yet they're not shaken by it, right? Like you think about build your house upon a rock and not upon the sand. And I felt like I would just witness that in so many of these godly men that I interacted with. And I I don't know that I ever really put my finger on it at that point in time, because oftentimes like I was so head down getting ready for a show that I didn't necessarily like absorb it at that particular level. But I just think that there was a sense of kind of what I talked about earlier in that I don't know exactly what's going to come at me in this world, but I'm okay with it, whatever it is, because I know God's got this. And I just always felt that sense of 
yes, I'm a go-getter. Yes, I'm going to chase it. You know, I think of Jeff Saturday uh, recently talking to me and talking, saying, you know, I am like type A all the way, right? And 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 he is. He and is. and really, truthfully, I would say every every single one of them, right? I mean, that is just like part and parcel of getting to where they did in professional sports. But but behind all of that is just a comfort in, I know this isn't all me and I know it doesn't all fall on me. I know it isn't all about what I can achieve and it's not an individualistic thing. And I know that wherever I'm going, it's going to be okay. Mm. So that is something that like really struck me, like as I sit there in retrospect and, and think about a lot of the different leaders. And, and the other thing that I would say is that they're really like all very willing to lend a hand mm. and, and to reach out and to encourage others and to be giving of themselves. And, and I would say that about really pretty much any, any of the, the people that I dealt with, dealt yeah. with there, you know, who, who are people of faith. I mean, you know, like I think about Chris Mortensen, who has, you know, been through a lot, right? Health challenges Health yeah. and and all. And he is just a great person through and through. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, and they're just like gr- great with people, you know, I, like it's just and they have an exuberance and a joy mm-hmm. about themselves. And, and I think that that is it's contagious, yeah. right? You know, like you hear hitting in baseball is contagious. Well, like, so is that joy. So is that exuberance for, for life and what the situation is in front of you and how you're going to face it. Yeah. It's funny. I think the other names we haven't mentioned is like Mark Schlereth and uh, the Hasselbecks and Darren Woodson and, I'm you know, Todd Blackledge. And it's just amazing. I don't know what it is, especially like maybe football the most, but you know, basketball a little bit. There's just some godly, godly people who have worked there. Uh, and so for people who love sports, I know I try to share it on social media when I can, you know, here's a testimony of this person, or here's this person doing this, or here's this person saying this. And, you know, those sports spectrum Twitter things and Facebooks where they're using little sound bites or the right little blurb from an article that, that goes a long way. So Jade, I want I want to transition and talk. I do this little fun thing called the rapid five. They're just kind of simple, quick hitting little answers. But uh, what is your favorite childhood snack or cereal? All right. So I'm going to go with my kids' favorite these days, which is Golden Grahams. They love Golden Grahams. And I can't eat them anymore. I've been, I'm allergic to gluten. So I haven't been able to have it in years, but we started buying them recently. And I was like, oh man, I remember loving a bowl of Golden Grahams. They're great. So you know what I just started doing? I don't know why I've never thought about this. I love Golden Grahams. And I love cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, I just started combining those every now. I'm like, what? Ooh. How? <laughs> uh, I just got a great reaction over here. I've never thought about combining those two, and it's been a game changer. Like I've tended to drift towards some healthy cereals, like Smart Start, or there's another funky Quaker Oaks one. I forgot what it's granola, but I'm like cinnamon toast crunch and golden grams. I'm just now figuring out these two go together. Mm. So let me ask you That's this: one, Jake. That's like oatmeal and peanut butter. There's one. Have you ever put peanut butter in your oatmeal? Like so in, another it, another Ohio guy, Jay Crawford, introduced yeah. me to that. And I think he had like half of us eating it in the ESPN calf. It is so good. Well, see, I might trump that and say, how about oatmeal and almond butter? 
Mm, that can be pretty good there. too. Either uh, way, there's something about peanut butter though. I yeah, know. that's true. That's true. What is your <laughs> Jade? What's your favorite book you most like to gift to other people? All right, so this is the hard one for me. My godfather is an avid reader, and he probably sends me fifty books a year. Wow. Um, I do not get through all of them. I have. We have like I said, we moved. We have boxes of books because I have four <laughs> little kids. Like <laughs> yeah. we don't have a lot of reading time. No doubt. But there are so many that I'm excited to get to of the ones that I have gotten to and some favorites, uh, anything John Gordon. I know I mentioned that before, mm-hmm. but just terrific. I love the alchemist by Paul Quillo. I always have. I've read that, you know, for, for years and years. And then I was looking at the the stack against me. I love Max Lucado's Anxious for Nothing. I think mm. that that's a terrific one. And Craig Rochelle's Winning the War in Your Mind. <sighs> I think that's an important one. I well. never finished that one. I'm like, out like halfway through it. I'm dying. I got to go back. It's and- so good. Yeah. That's a good one. You know what? I went to the final four and was it 99? I forgot what year that was where Kentucky beat Utah in San Antonio. And I told my dad, while we've got you know a few days being here, I would love to go to the church Max Lucado preaches at on that Sunday. We went. He happened to be preaching and it felt like he was reading me one of his books. I'm like, oh, mm. this is so good. But awesome. Yeah. It so was, good. He's, you know what? I went through a stretch. I don't know if I felt like I graduated from him and he was, you know, I was too mature in my faith to really check out Max Lucado. But in the last couple of years, I've been going back and doing more Max Lucado again. And he is a wordsmith, like maybe nobody I've ever heard of before. He is phenomenal. Yeah. His, he just has a way with his words and the prose that you fly through it. I mean, you really yeah. do. And I think sometimes you don't really realize how much wisdom is in those words until you go back and read it a second yeah. time. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he paints great pictures too. So here's a crucial one. And I hope you've already thought about this one. So Jade, family's going on vacation. The bathroom break comes a little too early. You don't want to stop again. And you see on the exit sign, you've probably traveled enough that all three of these are viable options. You see on this exit sign, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, In-N-Out Burger. Where does Team McCarthy go? Mm, so I have never been to In-N-Out Burger. Wow. Never been to one. And that would probably be my choice of all of them. Having never been there, I would say that. If I had to pick of the two that I have been to, I would definitely go Chick-fil-A. If you had given me betting odds, a million dollars to one, I would have said, I'll risk it. I'm not going to risk it. I'm taking a dollar that she will say Chick-fil-A in that equation. No (laughs) way you were saying McDonald's in that one. So what is the movie? Let's say you could still go old school and just flip channels. And whether this is you and Gordy together or you by yourself, what movie, if you stumbled on it, you would stick with it every time? He'll tell you National Treasure. Any of those movies, like I've seen it a thousand times. I can probably recite the entire thing for you. And I still get sucked into watching it. But Nick, now my kids like it. So that's kind of fun. I would have never guessed you would say a Nick Cage movie. <laughs> wow. that I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I got to keep some curveballs here every now and then. Have you seen that newer one of him where it's like about him? Or it's kind of goofy? Probably not. Oh, that's <laughs> When, I, when my wife and I went to the movies and saw that for the previews, I'm like, Who's, you got to watch that. It's basically Nick Cage in this cartoon version of himself, which looked crazy. So that's a surprise. <laughs> I can't wait to tell Jason about that one. So, uh, And here's the important one. Who was your first celebrity crush? All right. So I had to think about this one. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if I could give you an honest answer, but if I had to really think about it as I was, I was like, uh, probably Keanu Reeves, right? Okay. Like point break speed. Speed was great. Yeah. That's yeah. probably where I would go with that one. Yeah. Speed. <laughs> I think speed is a very, I, I feel like for people who talk about old school movies, that movie has gotten lost in the shuffle because I, I'm Goosebumps. I can get goosebumps without just some of those scenes. And he's got to keep the speed going up. And Sandra Bullock was really good in that. I feel like that movie should be standing the test of time better than it maybe has. I feel like everyone's forgotten about that movie. And Dennis Hopper is really good uh, in that movie. Like I, he was awesome in that movie. I was sad when he died, the day he died. I mean, certain actors and actresses get me anyway, but Dennis Hopper died just thinking about speed. I was totally bummed out about it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He he was. He had that character down. It yeah, was, no it was doubt. Very, no it doubt. It was very good. So what is investment in yourself and you investing in other people, maybe outside of, of family and motherhood right now? What does that look like for you, Jade? You get invested in drinking deep from relationships, whatever that may be, books, podcast sermons, whatever, and then you investing that out. What does that look like today? I think a lot of it is really in, you know, friendships, relationships, obviously through, through community and through church and, and then in our new space and, you know, a new area. And we are like trying to find good relationships. And that's certainly a, a time commitment, as we know, like trying to navigate that. And then I would say a lot of it, you know, part of, part of the reason that I feel really privileged to do the work that I get to do, Jeff, is that every time I, host a podcast, you know, whether it be on transformed or the new series that we have, I once was on sports spectrum. I'm doing podcasts, um, that are attached to those, uh, to those moments and those videos. So I get to talk to all the different people, you know, Nick Foles was the first mm -hmm. one that, that came out last week. And every time I have those conversations, I feel like I'm, I'm pouring into myself as much as I'm hopefully mm -hmm. sharing with others. And I just am so grateful for this space to, to have those conversations. And then, you know, I think beyond that, it's finding the time to have those conversations just in life. You know, I, I mentioned my godfather before, and, and he and I have been very close for a very long time. Um, and he is a man of faith and he has planted seeds in my life for as long as I have been alive. And he does it for everybody, Jeff. Wow. I mean, it is like, he is such a blessing to so many people. And so it's, you know, it's being able to share those conversations with, with him and, and other like-minded women, you know, I think that that's certainly part of it as well. Wow. Well, there are about four great questions I did not get to. I'm really bummed. We'll have to have you back if you'd be so gracious and honor us like you have here. Jade, if people want to know more about you and what you're doing, the Transform podcast is all the right places. Uh, obviously, you promote some stuff on Twitter. Where else would people look to make sure they know what's going on in your world? Yeah. So uh, on the socials at Jade McCarthy, Twitter um, and Instagram, I have a website, jademccarthy.com. So you can find me there as well. You can see, you know, just kind of more about me and the different work that that I'm doing. And like I said, you know, stuff with the 33rd team is another site. That's the 33rd team dot com and Sports Spectrum. You can find Transformed uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, Jade, it's been a pleasure. And Christ in you is the hope of glory, and that's a very good thing. So appreciate Christ radiating out of you. 
Mm. Jeff, thanks so much for having me here and uh, blessings to you, to your family, to your listeners. Thanks to them for, for making the time to be here and hopefully find some encouragement. And I'm you know grateful for the chance to have shared some of this space with you. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. You can reach Jeff at gatheringmiamivalley.org or find us on Facebook at The Gathering of the Miami Valley. Join us again next week for another honest and rich conversation. The Rise FM Podcast Network.